Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) I am grateful. I am thankful to join with you. And, yes, let's just take that breath. Tune in. So grateful. Mm. I always like to begin with a prayer. So let us begin with that beautiful breath of love and gratitude and move into a prayer. Mm. I place my hand on my heart and I am grateful and thankful that I am that I am grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. Grateful and thankful that the love of God is shining in my heart and in my mind. Grateful and thankful that the truth is awakened alive in my awareness. I am so grateful and so thankful that perfect love is all that there is. Perfect love is all that we are. We are grateful to partner up with the Holy Spirit for the purpose of remembering and recognizing our true identity is already whole, already perfect, already complete. We are grateful and thankful that we naturally share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. So grateful and so thankful to consciously attune to our holiness. We're having a healing here and now. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. In gratitude, we let the healing be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love to pray. I love to pray with you. Yes. And our topic this week is finding happiness in this world, finding happiness in this world. You know, A Course in Miracles tells us not to seek for love, and love is happiness. When we're in the flow of love, when we're loving, when we're being compassionate, actively sharing from the heart, seeing ourselves and each other as the perfect beings that we are, then there's naturally a happiness that is present, uh, a simpleness. Uh, And Course Miracles tells us not to seek for love, but to seek, to look within, to find the blocks that we have built in our heart, in our mind, and in our awareness against love, and to offer them to the Holy Spirit for healing. We don't have to figure out how to heal them. We simply offer them to the Holy Spirit for healing. So, this is the most basic practice of A Course in Miracles. If you never read the text, if you never look at the workbook or the manual for teachers or the song prayer or psychotherapy or any of those things, you just practice this, your life will become miraculous. 
It will. It has to. Because the only reason we're not living an extraordinary, miraculous life is because we're consciously affirming the blocks to love, and we're letting them uh, take up residence in our heart and in our mind. So or they continue to have res, residence and resonance. And those are the blocks to love that we, we don't have to figure out how to get them out. We just give them to the Holy Spirit and say, I don't need this anymore. Once it was a treasure, once it had value, but I'm done with it. And so what are the blocks to love? The blocks to love are the thoughts that destroy our happiness. So one of the things that A Course in Miracles makes very clear to us, thankfully, is that we're the ones who decide what we're going to think. We are the deciders. Uh, I've become uh, good friends with John Muddy, and he's uh, he and I have been talking about the rules for decision. He's working on a book about the rules for decision. I hope I didn't let the cat out of the bag there. But we and we did. Uh, I did a, a few radio shows. I want to say it was in November, December. It was a few months ago maybe end of 2017, early 2018, on the rules for decision. And people really liked those episodes. And that section is very helpful to us. So we're the deciders in the beautiful prayer that I frequently quote at the end of Chapter 5 that says, I must have made a wrong decision because I am not at peace. talks about we are the deciders. And we can decide now to give away the thought that we cherished just a moment ago or the thought that we invested our awareness in just a moment ago. We can take back the power and give it to the Holy Spirit instead of to the ego thought system. So our happiness is truly 100% dependent upon our willingness to be our true self, which is loving, which is compassionate, which is brilliant and beautiful. All the things that we'd like to be, truly. Uh, We already are, naturally. And what's unnatural is the ugliness, the meanness, the bitterness, the complaining, the criticizing, and all of those things. Now, I'm a fan of Edwin Gaines. Some of you know her. She's a unity minister. She travels around quite a lot. She teaches about prosperity, and she's hilarious. If you ever get a chance to go live and see her, it's really worth it. She's very inspiring also. And I uh, I I remember one time when I, I've been a part of the Agape community for 25, six years, something like that. And I remember one time she was there, and uh, my 
teenage friend went with her friend and they were talking about it uh, and they went to see her they went to do her workshop Edwin Gaines's workshop on prosperity and she was inviting them to make a commitment to not complain for 28 days she said it will dramatically increase your prosperity it puts you in the flow of prosperity if you stop complaining for 28 days. And if you find yourself complaining on the 10th day, just start again till you can do 28 straight days. And so these girls were talking about it afterwards, and they basically decided it was just way too hard. They couldn't do it. Yep. And that's how the vast majority of people are. And I remember this feeling so well. I've talked about this a number of times. I remember very often I would get swept up in my opinions, my judgments, and my complaints. And I would think it was all so real. I'm having a problem with my my uh, my throat today. There's something in the air here in New Jersey that is really bothering me. I'm going to take a sip of my spiritual espresso here. So, just remembering. The, the moment here. So what we find is that just the idea of not complaining for 28 days is too hard. That rather than experience prosperity and abundance, and I would say happiness, wholeness, freedom, joy, all the good of God, all the spiritual qualities, clarity, harmony, freedom, wisdom, and more. Rather than experience the free flow of all the spiritual qualities that are the aspects of our true identity that are being blocked by our complaints, people would rather labor from sunup to sundown to try to get money, to try to find happiness in the world, to try to get some little purchase uh, on the great expanse of God's good. They would rather work and work and work and diet and all the different things that people do to try and contort themselves and and acquire the things that will make them feel happy you know so this is what advertising plays on if i have whiter teeth and prettier hair and bigger breasts and smaller waist then people will love me and if other people love me for these things i think i will be happy but of course if people only love us because of 
the size of our body or the look on our face or the length of our hair or anything external, we know they don't love us. They love the hair. They love the breasts. They love the muscles. They love the abs. They love the whatever. This is why rich and powerful men uh, often are paired with very beautiful women is the it's all about the surface it's not about any depth and there's a sense of lack of love so in this in the last week since the last episode we had two famous people kill themselves commit suicide and I wrote one of my daily shots of spiritual espresso about this the other day because I felt suicidal for a time and I understand it. And I've worked with so many people who have felt suicidal that no matter how successful you are, no matter how beloved you are, no matter how beautiful you are, no matter how wealthy you are, or smart you are, or talented you are, none of those things would keep you happy. It doesn't, no, that things like that don't make you happy. There's one thing that brings true happiness, and that is being in the flow of love. Living without fear. Feeling safe all the time. So, and this is something I've learned. I didn't know this. I would not have believed it until I experienced it. So what I did was I made finding freedom from the ego thought system my number one priority. In fact, actually, I made a whole spiritual boot camp class called Finding Freedom about this very thing. And I'm getting ready to offer it again. Uh, and in that class, that's what we work on, this very core issue of finding freedom from all the illusions of happiness and all the fearful thoughts that drag us down, all the causes of depression. One of the th- things that I am so grateful for is that A Course in Miracles works. And I have encountered, I was very surprised about this when I first started to really speak to a wider audience about A Course in Miracles. Funny how God leads you to things. So I'll just give you a little backstory. Um, I... Oh. I guess spirit's going to take me way back. <laughs> so I, I really was uh, just very angry, very hostile, very, very uh, unhappy person looking for happiness in the world. And then uh, I, I reached a point where I wanted to kill myself because I got the things I thought would make me happy and they didn't make me happy. Right? That's one of the 
things that what reasons why people kill themselves is they have the things that make them happy, but it doesn't make them happy. They're supposed to make them happy. They work so hard to get there, and then it doesn't make them happy. So then they re- they draw the conclusion. I cannot be happy. And I reached that place where I saw my the vast expanse of my human experience. And this was in my later 20s, mid to late 20s, maybe around 26, 27 years old. Not so old, obviously. But I realized I don't know how to be happy in this world. I thought I knew. I did everything that I was supposed to do to bring myself happiness. I don't have happiness. In fact, I hate it here. I hate it. And I hate that I cannot find happiness here. I hate that I understand the system. I've worked this system, the ego system. I've worked it and worked it, and I can't find happiness. There's no way. All I find is that this is awful. It's an awful, awful space. And that's, I took on that mentality and of despair. There is no happiness here. And I, to me, the world looked like a gray, dark, ugly, depraved, meaningless, empty place where happiness wasn't possible. Honestly, I could say that it looked like something out of a a comic book. Think of those Marvel comics, a black and white comic of some... I was living in Manhattan at the time, and... And so then I I made the decision not to kill myself. I wanted to, but I thought I cannot do that to my family. I just cannot do it to them. And they they were going through a really difficult time because my grandmother had had a massive stroke and she had to move in with my parents, my mother's mother. And that was devastating for my mother, who did not have a good relationship with her mother. Funny how God works. And it was devastating for my grandmother because now she couldn't even feed herself. And she was such an independent woman. And having to live with my parents, give up her home, sell her home, all her things that she loved so much, her beautiful things, and to move into my parents' house... Uh, and then be a burden to them. She couldn't even feed herself. It was the worst of the worst. And that was all during the time I wanted to kill myself. And I, because of my grandmother's stroke, I couldn't do it. See how God works? I couldn't. It would have been too, too much for my parents to handle, I think. Um Probably everyone in my family would have gotten cancer if I killed myself then. But I didn't. So instead, I decided to focus on being loving and visiting my family, my parents. So I would go to visit them in Rhode Island and help them. 
in, and it was winter time. So that gray, dark feeling that I had was everywhere. It was in the weather. It was in everything. And I, uh, I literally can remember going to the refrigerator at five o'clock in the afternoon, like, okay, it's dark now. It's a dark, you know, it's wintertime, January, December, January. Of course, Christmas was awful for me that year because that was right around the time I wanted to kill myself, Christmas, the darkest days of the year. And uh, I thought, well, if it's five o'clock, I can have a, a drink, a cocktail, just take the edge off my misery and help me to go to bed earlier. And... I I also, on top of everything, I got fired from the job that I had worked so hard to get that I hated so much. It was a crazy confluence of things and my darkest time in my life. And it was actually, everything aligned up perfectly because if my grandmother hadn't had the stroke, I might have actually killed myself, but I couldn't do it to my family at that time. Instead, I focused on how can I help them visit them more often. I also, because I was fired, I didn't have to go to work with a bunch of people that I didn't enjoy working with anymore. And so I I went back to an old job where I worked with a lot of people that I loved. And it wasn't my ideal job, but I got to go right back to a group of people who already knew me that I loved. And I started to focus on spirituality because I, I, got to, I had to find something to get me out of this mess. And I started into therapy with a spiritual counselor, which was so great, rather than a, for me, it was more helpful than a psychological approach. So that's when my true spiritual focus began. And it was the beginning of my finding happiness was I made the decision to take all the goals on my list. Because I I was very goal-oriented, remember, because I thought if I achieve these goals, then I'll be worthy of love. Then I'll be good enough to be happy. I will have what it takes to be happy if I achieve these goals. So I was very goal-oriented. And I, in this reboot that I was trying to navigate, I made the decision to have one goal, and that was to love myself. Love myself. Because I discovered in the the time of feeling suicidal that I hated myself. I didn't realize. I was so arrogant that I didn't realize that arrogance was covering up a deep, deep self-hatred. So I decided I'm just going to put my full attention on that. And I began to experience a true joy, intermittently, little brief moments. And the moments of true joy were so startling to me. 
And they would come from simple things. They would come from moments of being with someone I loved. Moments of joining with another person that I loved, who loved me, or who let me love them. You know, this is why pets are so wonderful, uh, particularly dogs, but also cats and other animals, is dogs will absolutely let you, most of the time, most dogs will let you love them so much, as much as you want. They don't ever seem to get tired of it. Most dogs. So they're a wonderful way to invite more love in your life. I've seen a number of my friends who were lonely and really struggling to uh, be happy really shift once they got a dog or even a cat. So that's it, it's about the flow of love. That's what it's about. Happiness comes with the flow of love. Unhappiness comes with blocking love. This is the truth of it. You know, I'd like to mention something as we go into the break, uh, that John Mundy and I are doing some teaching retreats in August. Uh, we've changed venues. We're now going to be at the Scottsdale Plaza Resort in Scottsdale, Arizona. And three teaching retreats, uh, one on writing inspiration, one on teaching workshops. I'm going to teach people how to teach my forgiveness workshop, so you can do it wherever you'd like, and also inspirational speaking. Three things that John and I know a lot about at the Scottsdale Plaza Resort in August. And you can go to jenniferhadley.com on the events page and you can read more about all the details. Three retreats, do one, two, or three. You're listening to Jennifer Hadley, of course, Miracles, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles. Living the love, walking the talk. Welcome back. Ah, yes, I was sharing quite a bit of uh, personal info there. Mm, I really had a... uh, taste of remembering just the edge of it, but I actually no longer remember how any of that feels, for which I'm grateful. Uh, The wonderful thing about fully addressing what the root causes of fear is and healing that, allowing the Holy Spirit to heal it for you. Happiness is naturally revealed. Fear is very much about living in a future lack. Taking the lack and limitation that's being felt and believed in now 
and projecting it into the future is what a lot of fear is about. In my Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp class, where we really take some of the fundamentals of A Course in Miracles and we apply them. So uh, it's, a, it's a program that's uh, designed to be very comprehensive and extremely supportive so that people will actually do the work. Uh, this is the thing that I found with A Course in Miracles when I first, I started to say that when I first uh, was a Course in Miracles student, I, uh, well, actually, when I first started to really teach classes versus just run a study group, because I ran a study group for four years before I started doing classes. And when I started doing classes, people were writing to me with amazement saying, Jennifer, I, I've been studying A Course in Miracles for 20 years, for 25 years, uh, and I never thought to do the things that you're sharing here. I never thought to live A Course in Miracles in the way that you're talking about, but now that I am, it's really working for me. I thought there was just something wrong with me, and that's why A Course in Miracles wasn't working for me. So going back to where I was sharing from, I God led me through all these things so that by the time I came to A Course in Miracles, I would recognize, ah, this is my path. This is it. Because I spent many years at Agape and in the Science of Mind teachings and the New Thought teachings, Emma Curtis Hopkins, Phineas Quimby, love all of that so much. And the Fillmores, of course, love it all. And A Course in Miracles is the one that resonates with me the most. It really does. And I do love Phineas Quimby. <laughs> and the teachings of Jesus are so precious to me. I have experienced so much emotional and mental healing, far beyond anything I imagined that I could experience. And it's only come because of the active practice of A Course in Miracles. That's the only reason for it. And so, I am truly grateful, truly, truly grateful for this course. I remember uh, when I first started studying it, sitting in Los Angeles in the wee hours of the morning, just so grateful sometimes that I would burst into tears, just absolutely deep sobbing and sobbing, letting go of the deep sadness I felt for so long that I would never reach the moment I reached right then, that I would never come to a place where I felt I had a teaching that I could really live and treasure. So that's the thing about A Course in Miracles for me. It's, it is so livable. It is so doable. When we get out of our intellect and not put the ego in charge of our living A Course in Miracles, instead put Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the higher self, the mighty I Am presence in charge 
of our healing and our living A Course in Miracles. So, happiness. Happiness, happiness. Happiness comes from being of service to spirit and in spirit and, of course, to our brothers and sisters. But that is only true if we're not giving service in order to get something. Uh, in uh, A Course of Miracles, in the text, it's chapter 4, let's see, what do they do with that? Here it is. Uh, sorry, it's chapter 1, section 4. It's entitled, The Escape from Darkness. The escape from darkness involves two stages. First, the recognition that darkness cannot hide. This is very valuable to us. Darkness cannot hide because I used to believe that there was a darkness in me. And it was so deeply rooted in me. And I was trying to root it out. I was trying to... Get it out of me, like pulling up a weed. And that there's, you, you try to pull it up, you work so hard, but there's just enough left in the ground that it spurts again with more strength and uh, more tenacity. So I, I remember feeling that. So, first, the recognition that darkness cannot hide. This step usually entails fear. Second, the recognition that there is nothing you want to hide, even if you could. So important. This step brings escape from fear. When you've become willing to hide nothing, you will not only be willing to enter into communion, but will also understand peace and joy. So, a couple of points that I feel compelled to make here. One is... That Ernest Holmes, the founder of the Science of Mind teachings, author of that Science of Mind textbook, he was a great mystic, a true mystic and a a true healer in the sense that he uh, understood that all healing was at the level of the mind and he could heal himself and he could show others how he did it. That, to me, is a true healer. That's what Jesus really participated in and taught. And he made a distinction between happiness and joy that I find useful. So he said joy is a spiritual quality that is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniactive. Uh, I don't know if he said it exactly that way, but that's the way I'm saying it. That's the truth about spiritual qualities. 
joy, peace, harmony, love, abundance, prosperity, wholeness, freedom. These are all spiritual qualities, wisdom, clarity. These are all spiritual qualities, prosperity and abundance. They are omnipresent, omniactive, all the time available. They're part of our true nature. They are the essence of God, and we're part of God, so they're part of our essence as well. Happiness is something, Ernest Holmes said, comes and goes. It is usually a, a uh, an emotional reaction to what we're thinking. So if you think of happiness as, uh, oh, I'm so happy, I got a new car, yay, I got the promotion, yay, he loves me, yay, I lost five pounds, yay, I'm happy. Oh, we're going to my favorite restaurant, oh, now I'm happy, right? So happiness has causes in the world. That's essentially what Ernest Holmes said. I have found that that's helpful to me. Joy is unconditional because joy is a spiritual quality that is omnipresent, omniactive, omnipotent. And like all spiritual qualities, it's not conditional. So the spiritual qualities of God being omnipresent, omniactive, omnipotent, they are not based on situations or circumstances. The causes are not in the world. The cause is from God. And so they are eternally, infinitely available for us to experience and express. So just like at the beginning, I, I said that A Course in Miracles tells us, seek not for love, but to remove from our awareness all the blocks to love, and then we'll experience love. We don't have to seek for love because love is not out there to be sought. Now, A Course in Miracles also says, seek the kingdom first. Seek the kingdom which is within. The teachings of Jesus, right? Seek first the kingdom which is within, and all else will be added unto you. When we look for the kingdom within, then we're going to find it. And the kingdom is the recognition that all these spiritual qualities— Love, joy, wisdom, freedom, peace, harmony, creativity, clarity, purity, wholeness, abundance, prosperity, joy, all of it is our true identity, our natural state. That's what we're going to see if we truly have the courage to look within. It will be undeniable if we're going to really look and see the truth. So we can ask the Holy Spirit, we can ask Jesus, teach me how to look within and see the truth of my being. Teach me how to look within my brothers and sisters and see the truth of their being. Show me how to stay in the flow of love and live in the flow of love and broadcast the flow of love at all times in all situations, in every circumstance, no matter what. That's what A Course of Miracles is inviting us to do, to ask for assistance like that. Jesus says in the fear and conflict section, or maybe it's the cause and effect section, (laughs) I suppose I can look that up, Um, he says, 
Yes, it's the beginning of the fear uh, cause and effect section. Let me just see if I can find it right here. Where are you? Ugh. One second. I almost have it. It's that first paragraph. You may still complain about fear, but you nevertheless persist in making yourself fearful. I've already indicated that you cannot ask me to release you from fear. I know it does not exist, but you do not. If I intervened between your thoughts and their results, I would be tampering with the basic law of cause and effect, the most fundamental law there is. I would hardly help you if I depreciated the power of your own thinking. This would be in direct opposition to the purpose of this course. It is much more helpful to remind you that you do not guard your thoughts carefully enough. You may feel at this point it would take a miracle to enable you to do this, which is perfectly true. You are not used to miracle-minded thinking, but you can be trained to think that way. All miracle workers need that kind of training. I cannot let you leave your mind unguarded, or you will not be able to help me. Miracle working entails a full realization of the power of thought in order to avoid miscreation. Otherwise, a miracle will be necessary to set the mind itself straight, a circular process that would not foster the time collapse for which the miracle was intended. The miracle worker must have genuine respect for true cause and effect as a necessary condition for the miracle to occur. So we're the ones that interrupt our natural, unconditional, joyful state. And we do it by holding thoughts that aren't true and investing our energy in them. So our mind is the mind of God. And if we place our attention on thoughts that aren't true, it's essentially making an investment in fear. It's making an investment in unhappiness. All complaints are false. All criticisms, all attack thoughts are false. All judgments are false. All opinions are false. What's true is true. Truth is healing. It sets us free because truth is our true identity. So going back to those teenage girls who said, I can't give up complaining for 28 days. It's too hard. That's the ego right there. I would if I could. So I remember so clearly thousands of times, literally thousands of times, I would 
collapse into self-medication, drinking too much, smoking too much, eating too much, whatever it was, blotting out on television, feeling guilty, feeling stupid, feeling like a spiritual moron, all of these things, judging myself for being so unspiritual, then I would I would just be collapsed in the self-medication and the self-judgment, the self-attack thoughts. And I would literally think this thought. Tell them I tried. I tried. I really did try. I, I would see in my mind's eye, literally, I would see a picture of my headstone, my grave, where I was throwing myself in, and on the headstone, it would say, tell them I tried. I really tried. It was just too hard. I couldn't do it. And I would feel like I was being pulled down by a whirlpool, like a quagmire, a a quicksand that I couldn't stop. I couldn't get purchase to pull myself up. I didn't have the strength to pull myself up. It was too hard. So I totally can relate to those two teenage girls who were saying, it's too hard, I can't, oh my God, I can't stop complaining for 28 days. I can't do it for an hour, much less a whole day. That's the ego. The ego can't do it, but the spirit can. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. That's uh, that's why I created my Finding Freedom Boot Camp, so we could do it together. There is a power in joining together. Of course, you don't need my boot camp to do it. We all have A Course in Miracles. I just found that doing these things by myself, that's where I would end up. I would end up thinking, okay, I've just got to take an edge off this day. I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm going to have a a beer. And then it was like, uh, you know, I'm just going to have one more. And then I'd be like, well, three is a lot, but I'm just going to have one more. I want it. Why can't I have it? I work so hard. I do so much. Why can't I have it? Of course I can have it. There's nothing wrong with it, justifying it. Of course, there's nothing wrong with it. But what is the purpose of it? What is the purpose of it? If the purpose is to take myself out of any possibility of being in the flow of love, why am I engaging in it? How can I be in the flow of love and be watching television by myself, staying up so late that I'm definitely going to be feeling like an idiot in the morning? Why did I do that? Why? Why? I was so troubled by the 
challenges of falling into self-medication, collapsing into self-medication, trying to escape this world. So we've created this illusory world, and now we want to escape it into some other kind of world. That's what I found. So I was in self-medication so much of the time, because if I wasn't self-medicating with something um, distracting, like exercising, talking on the phone, fantasizing, uh, watching movies and television and uh, just so many different things I found to self-medicate with. There's no way to be happy that way. I didn't know it. Nobody told me how to be happy. People don't tell you how to actually be happy. But the simple thing is truly start substituting thoughts of complaining and criticizing and judging and attacking with having compassion, having gratitude, having appreciation. I call it the release and replace. It's one of the aspects of my Finding Freedom Boot Camp. Release and replace. It's amazing how if you dedicate yourself to it, and of course, get spirit to help, get the angels to help you. Ask them, angels, help me today. Help me this minute. Help me in this meeting. I used to go into everything looking for what's wrong. I'd take an exercise class. I'd complain about everything in the class. I would go out to eat, and I'd complain about everything in the restaurant. I I just had to attack everything. It was my self-hatred projected outwards, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that's what it was. So I decided to give the blocks to love to spirit for healing. I I found that that was so much easier. Somehow spirit showed me that that was the easier path. Give it to spirit for healing. And so I just started saying, okay, I don't need this thought. Take it out of my mind. Like Jesus says in that section, in the fear and conflict, cause and effect, those two sections, so helpful. He's telling us, if we didn't experience the feeling of fear, we would not realize that our mind had wandered and was now agreeing with the ego thought system. And one of the things that I think is really helpful to us as Course in Miracles students is not to think of the ego as a being with power. It's like a puppet, a hand puppet. If you put a puppet on your hand, now you can do things with it. It seems animated. It seems like it has power because you've given it life. But if you take that hand puppet off your hand and you lay it on a table, it now has no power. None. None. It's nothing. It's just a thought system. If you don't put your mind in it, it's nothing. You can withdraw your mind from it. 
And that's what A Course in Miracles is training us to do. Speaking of training, uh, again, I'd just like to say a little bit more about the trainings that I've got coming up. Uh, very briefly, you can go to jenniferhadley.com to the events page there and see what's coming up. So there, there are the three teacher trainings. You can do one, two, or three about inspired writing, inspired teaching, inspired speaking. And uh, in the fall, in October, I have my Forgive and Be Free retreat, and I also have my Spiritual Counseling Training Intensive. It's probably the last one until next summer. So if you're interested in being a part of that, uh, this is the time. We have early bird specials on everything, and registration is open for everything now. Hand on my heart, we take this breath, so grateful and so thankful that the love of God is shining in our awareness now and forever. So grateful that we already are perfect. We're already as holy as holy can be, and we're willing to accept it and to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Have a great rest of your week. I love you. Mwah.